Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Hey, hey, happy Friday! <laughs> Finally, <laughs> how you doing? Yes, girl, I've been busy all day. Honestly, it's like how you got stuff to do, but then you think about other stuff you got to do, and you be trying to do everything at one time when you know. Good gosh darn well, you are not going to get it all done. But uh, I know. Making temporary piles instead of finishing off one and going to the next. Well, I um, wanted to create uh, a database, and I haven't used Access in forever. Um, Mm -hmm. But I wanted to create a database so, so that when I pull, like, reports on the author report, for the right. publishing side of you know for the publishing company, it's just easier where I can just mm-hmm. say I, you know this is what I want and be able to create mm-hmm. those forms and those reports a little faster. I still have to input the information, but it's a little bit easier. It cuts down. It's still a long mm-hmm. process, but it still cuts down. Mm-hmm. But at the end of that long process, you get exactly what you want when you want it. Is that pretty much it? Exactly, exactly, mm-hmm. like um, just if you want something just on the books or if you want to, um, want something just on the editors or if you want something when it comes down for royalty time, you know, all of that just where you can just say this is what I want and I mm-hmm. don't want to have to write it down and, and put it in this and then do, I don't want to have to do all that mm-hmm. because it takes, it takes extra time. I got other stuff mm-hmm. I'm be trying to do. <laughs> well, that's kind of that. That sounds like a type of uh, segment in the show because you know once you put in all that hard work, then when you really need to pull something, it just makes it easier. It's just that initial, just that initial work to be put in. But yeah, from there it just gets easier. Absolutely, absolutely. That's my goal, just to make to make cut down the time for me to do stuff. Because now I take a lot of time to do stuff, and I don't have that extra time like I had where I can just mm-hmm. be engulfed in stuff because there's so many different things that I'm doing at one time. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's it. We always do this. Y'all, we act like we don't talk to each other almost every day. 
<laughs> Welcome y'all to Let's Chat. I miss Felicia. This is my right hand and sometimes my left. The fabulous Miss Tony. We are talking that talk today about one, two, three, a writer's life for me. We got three fabulous guests, Teresa Robinson, a.k.a. Lori Robbins, Carla Franklin, a.k.a. Kate Germani, mm-hmm. and um, author Navi Robbins. So I'm super excited. Everybody, you know, I, I get to get excited when we have people on, even if I don't know who they are, because I know that it's always going to be somebody that's going to hit our inbox and be like, oh, wow, what was the name of that book? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Oh, what was the name of mm-hmm. that book again? Oh, what was the author you had on? Because it, it's just a way to introduce people to different readers. I mean, to different um, authors and stuff. Uh-huh. It is, and also to get to hear that passion because we don't know everyone, but, you know, people hear of our show, and we have a great platform to be put on to get that exposure, not only to us, but to our listeners as well. So it's always great when we get people that we don't know. That just gives us a chance to get to know them and what drives their passion, Leash. Absolutely. And I want to shout out to all the people that have referred our show, our email is so off the hook right now with just people mm-hmm. like such and such referred me, such and such told me to contact you. I mean, mm-hmm. just it's just awesome. You know, it really is. And we appreciate everybody for supporting us and listening to our show. I mean, mm-hmm. we love what we do. We created this platform for a reason. Um mm-hmm. I, I love I love what I do. I'm I'm a promoter. I started as a promoter. And I love to help people, and you know, and uh-huh. being a promoter allows me to do that. And it's not like uh-huh. um, working a customer service job; you're always limited uh-huh. with the amount of help that you can give people because it's based right. off of whatever the company says. But I can help people as much as I want, or as much as I want, you know. Uh-huh. And I uh-huh. like that because I just I do it. That's my gift. I like to just help people. So, right, I enjoy what I do. So do I. And in that same realm, just to give everyone, you know, we we always have new listeners that, that call in. Um, here on Let's Chat, you know, the platform, like we just said, is created to give that, that, that you know, outlet for people that we don't know, people that we do know. And here on Let's Chat, we celebrate literature as well as the art, the royal way, no matter what the genre may be or the platform. You know, our show allows all avid readers and authors and singers and all come on our show to interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. You know, it's a warm place here on this chat, in the chat room, as Lisa and I like to call it. It's just to get to know each other and what fuels the passion behind those pins, those voices, those lyrics, and whatever it may be. So if you're new to our show, just check out our archives. Our archives are rich with a plethora of information as well as awesome guests that come through the chat room. So you you may find something that tickles your fancy. Just check them out. You won't be disappointed. So with that, Leash must have taken a break. <laughs> so we're going to just take a quick commercial break until no, my girl I'm here. gets back. <laughs> she no, is. I'm here. I have muted. I have muted my phone. That's a bad habit I have. Like I stopped muting my phone. And then I start talking. I forget that the phone was muted. 
and then I'm just talking. So I was just talking to y'all, but y'all couldn't hear me talk. Um, that's a bad habit. I'm working on that. Okay. I'm under construction. We all are. We I all digress. are a work under construction. <laughs> Absolutely. But I, what I was saying was. The topic you gave us, one, two, three, a writer's life to me. You know, you always come up with these topics. And then I got to ask you what the, the premise is behind it. So share with us so our listeners can know, as well as your co-host, where are we going with this platform tonight? I mean, it actually was just something that just popped in my head. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you just got to go for it. I mean, you got the to be an author. To be a writer, mm-hmm. it's a different kind of life, and mm-hmm. you have to you have to commit to your future. Anything you want to mm-hmm. do in life, really, you have to commit to it. Whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. future wise, even mm-hmm. if you don't know what you want to do, you still have to commit to your future, whatever it is. So when you commit right. to being an author or a writer, that is a commitment. That is long hours. That is not a lot of pay, that is not a lot of appreciation, that is, mm-hmm. that it comes with so many things, people always having something to say, people not liking everything you do, I mean, it, it comes with a whole lot of things, not getting a lot of sleep, I think I could count on one hand how often a full-time author leaves the house, you know what I'm saying, you know, and mm-hmm. can add that to working and kids and the family. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of commitment to do what these authors do because you, whether they're writing 20,000 words or 72,000 words, it's it's a long process um, mm-hmm. to 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 even burst out what the readers receive at the end of everything after everything all hell breaks loose and you know they don't have no sleep three four days sometimes two weeks depending on how long it takes them to write a book. Um, the learning process, you know, you, mm-hmm. you're not only just writing. You know, a lot of people always, I meet so many people that say, you know, I just want to write. Well, if you just want to write, you're in the wrong profession because as an author, mm-hmm. you are a company. You are, you are a company, one person, a company. You're the product, you're the brand, you are the billboard. No more, mm-hmm. there are no more of the days of I just want to write. Those days is over. You got to write, you got to campaign, you got to get out there, meet people, shake hands, kiss babies, you got to do do a little bit of graphics, you got to always study in because you have to sharpen your pen all the time. You want to improve how you write. You always are researching, it's always something to do. So when you commit to being an author, that is like a commitment. I mean, it is a true commitment. And it's it's mm-hmm. it's serious. It, it ain't mm-hmm. it ain't light because authors they go through a lot, you know, it, mm-hmm. mentally. Mm-hmm. It's really heavy mentally, you know, where you got whether you have characters in your head and you're trying to write a book, but somebody talking from another book. Uh, I mean, it's just a lot that goes into writing. And so I think when I picked one, two, three, a writer's life for me, that was committing, making your commitment to your pen. You know something, Leach? Um, in addition to what you just said, since we've had this platform, as well as, you know, the platform of the Clubhouse, Rural Radio, one thing I have learned in in these last, what, four years we've been doing that, is that a lot goes in behind the scenes of writing a book. Like you said, there's no 
There's no set hours like you go to your nine to five. The authors, they have to pen this book. They have to put it together. You got graphics, you got editors, you got beta readers. You got so much involved in order to get this book out. And once it gets into the reader's hands, we as readers, we take it, we read it in a couple of hours, a few days, and then it's done. But anyway, so much sometimes it's a couple of hours and a few days. Right. You know, sometimes it's not even, sometimes it takes them a month to read it. Mm-hmm. And then there's so much on the back end that, and then once you're finished reading the book, okay, now where's the next one? Where so much blood, sweat, and tears has gone to the, to the, initial stages of getting a book into our hands, I've come to appreciate authors so much since we've had this platform and we've heard the different literary journeys that our guests have have gone through. And I appreciate them so much more, even though I've always been an avid reader, but the appreciation has grown tenfold Mm -hmm. since we've had this platform. So my hat's off to authors, artists, and whatever, because it's a lot. It takes a lot. It's a lot of commitment, like you said, and, and you just have to have that committed drive to do what you do. And like you said, sometimes without much gratification. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And, I mean, it's so funny that you said that because that is so very true because when I was a reader, I would read a book, and it's like, where the next one at? And it's like, I never thought about how long it took to write a book or where the idea came from. It wasn't even a thought in my head. It was just that I want this right now. You know, Mm -hmm. so it it is. You know, readers, they don't understand the process until they become an author. Most readers become authors. All authors Mm -hmm. are avid readers. So at some point in time, you know, you have to understand the process that an author takes to be able to appreciate the work that they put into your hand. Um, and right. how hard they work to get that work into your hand and the hours that they put in to do. It's not easy to write a book. Mm. So the process, the structure itself is so different from writing an essay for a, a class or, you know, a creative writing class or just mm-hmm. writing a short story. The, the process itself is so different, you know. Mm-hmm. So shout really out to all is. the authors. We do appreciate you and the readers. You know, I Mm-hmm. I think that with our platform, we have introduced a lot of different readers to just to understand and help them understand and appreciate their favorite authors more. Mm-hmm. I know I do, girl. <laughs> I know I do, because y'all be working. Y'all be working. We want to welcome you guys to Let's Chat. <laughs> I'm Miss Alicia, and this is my co-host, the fabulous Miss Tony. And our topic today is one, two, three: A Writer's Life for Me, Committing to Your Pen. I should have said committing to your pen, but one, two, three: A Writer's mm-hmm. Life for Me is what came out. We have three fabulous authors today. We're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to have Carla Franklin, okay, in the chat room. We're going to listen to that Aaron Bebo. I want the keys to Bolivia. Mm-hmm. Yes, Aaron okay. Bebo is not just the author. He is a rapper as well. We'll be back.
want the keys to Bolivia She turning me on One line at a time Once more she gone Like glass jars Use the whole whiff When it's strong Roll up one whiff And I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia She turning me on One line at a time Once more she gone Like glass jars Use the whole whiff When it's strong Roll up one whiff And I'm gone Shorty like my body Set my name first Gonna make up Go in the same purse We out here on the grind she got the same thirst, I got her mind, body, and soul, three-round burst. My soldier in heels, the breast behind the ski mask, Netflix and chill. As I roll out the weed bag, she show how she feel. You know a nigga see that, she want my attention, and she know it's time to be back. I'm always down the block, put on Mary J. Blige. Hump like handles till she see a mirage. When it's deep, my rib can feel a squeeze from her thighs. I could tell that she mind by the look in her eyes. If we get caught in the act, we'll be sentenced to life. So when it's time to throw down, we don't ever think twice, taking shots at the missus, but this is my wife, so all them shots be misses, bitch, get you a life, I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on, one line at a time, once more she gone, like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong, roll up one whiff and I'm gone, I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on, one line at a time, once more she gone, like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong, roll up one whiff and I'm gone, how you doing, love? What's your name, number, and sign? You so divine. Let me look at you from behind. Yeah, your body banging. Coke bottle, some type of model. Digging how when you move through the crowd, the eyes follow. Got my attention. You got my head spinning. The kind of feeling that got you tripping so revealing. Mind state of a hustler, your style so appealing. I'm looking for a trip to Bolivia if you willing. The boy taking Szechuan State and take a break from the day to day. We can get away on a holiday. Vibing, coasting, bragging, boasting. Chopping it up, back to back, blunts in motion Hugging the ocean, shopping, copping, designer Baby, tell me how that sound, I want the finer things in life A1 weed, papers and pipes, and we can get it right I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, once more she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, once more she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone, gone. You are now tuned in to the mother uh uh-uh, greatest Yes, we are back. We are back. That was a fabulous Aaron Bebo. Keys to Bolivia. Make sure you head over to QueenCityBullies.com and you can pick up that single. Awesome. I love Aaron. I love that song. I've been trying to get it on my phone for the longest. <laughs> I haven't been able to do it, but I'm going to make it my ringtone eventually. <laughs> All right, now. <laughs> I do like that song, though. Mhm. I like it. Shout out to Bebo. Make sure y'all head over to Amazon and pick up his two new books, um, mm-hmm. Love and Hip Hop. So is that right? Um, Love, Drugs, and Hip Hop. I think it's called. Love, I heard drugs, it's really good. Hip-hop. I downloaded it. It's just a matter of getting the time to read it. But um, the reviews I've been hearing are really good, Leash. Yeah, I have it. But, yeah, I haven't been able to read it. But his pen, one thing about Aaron is his pen has really grown. You know, I love mm-hmm. the, I love uh, that the, his pen has grown because when he first 
Remember when he first started, I started reading his stuff. I didn't like it at first. Uh-huh. But the first book that I really loved um, of Bebo's was Bunches of Love. Uh-huh. That was the first time I was like, wow. And ever since then, it's only gotten better. So I, I just, I do, I, I like the way um, that he writes now. I love his My style. My favorite is, I used to love her. That's a hip-hop classic for me, and I think that's kind of the preface for this new one. Um, but my first one was the Rat Hunters. Remember, they had that competition, he and Cash. So that was my introduction to Mr. Aaron Bebo, and it's been mm-hmm. uphill ever since. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's okay. I mean, you can have an author that you enjoy. You're not going to like everything that they write. And as an author, you, you it's okay that every reader doesn't like everything that you write. Um, that's just, you know, that reader is being honest. It's like 31 flavors. I always compare everything to 31 flavors, especially books. Mm-hmm. You walk into Bastion and Robbins, you got the little spoons, and it's like, let me taste that. No, I don't like that. Let me taste that. No, I don't like that. Oh, I like this one right here. I like this one. So every flavor of ice cream is like a book. You know, all those flavors, mm-hmm. that's your library. When they step into right. your library, they're picking through it like, I like this. No, I don't like that. Oh, this one was good. Oh, I didn't like that one mm-hmm. over there. You know, so it's all about what, what, what they can relate to. Most readers relate to stories. Like I remember right. when Mandia came out and um, everybody was saying that everybody likes Tyler Perry's character of Medea because everybody got a little Medea in them. And that's that side that sometimes you can't show. Or, or so it's something that, that she does that it, you can relate to. And a lot of times it's something in those books that people are relating to. It, authors have serious power uh, with the pen because mm-hmm. they, they give life not just to characters but to readers. That's true. And we love them for it. So well, I'm, I'm excited to hear about our tonight's guests and getting to know them and, and, and seeing that the variation with their pen and where it can fit into our library as well. Absolutely. We have Carla Franklin, a.k.a. K. Damani. She's okay. kicking in the chat room door. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are y'all? Hey, Carla. How you doing, girl? I'm fine. It's Carlia. Oh, Carlia. It's Carlia. Yes, ma'am. Yes, my oh, daddy named sorry, me Carl. Sorry, Carlia. So, oh, you're fine. I just you know wanted to say, you know, put, sorry, honey. <laughs> no, it's perfectly fine. I'm kind of, I'm kind of used to it. You know, my name is not really that original, so. Mm-hmm. And how you spell it? K a r l i a. Yes, ma'am. Yes, that's oh, Mr. I. Okay, gotcha. We got you. (laughs) Absolutely. So welcome to the chat room. Thank you. How about you just just jump on in, kick in the doors, and tell everybody what's going on in Carla's world, Carlia's world. What what made you want to write? What makes you, what's the passion behind your pen? A little bit about yourself and your work. Okay. Um, Well, I grew up as, like, a very avid reader. My mom, she always had us going to the library, um, doing different events and different things like that. So I just was – I started reading. And then in middle school, that's when the passion for writing started to kick in. Um, Me and my friends, we would sit around and just write stories and give it to each other. And that was, like, what we did to pass the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And then – 
I'm originally from New York. So when my mom moved me down to North Carolina, like at the start of high school, I started my freshman year down there. I didn't really have any friends, you know, I didn't really fit in. So writing was my escape. And that's just where um, my passion and my love started to build from it. So I just would write stories for myself. I think I finished like two stories in high school and then mm-hmm. continued on to college. Mm-hmm. Wow. And did you find that that yeah, worked awesome. for you when you, when you, you know, mm-hmm. was in your own world and you just wrote? Did that make, how did that make you feel? Um, I felt at peace with it. You know, writing brings a certain amount of peace to me. It makes me feel serene. Um, as I stated before, it's my escape. I just go into my little world and I let my characters talk to me and I let them tell their story through my pen. So, uh-huh. oh. How many published books do you have out? Actually, just debuted my first novel on Tuesday. So it just came out on Tuesday and I'm very excited about it. It's been a great response with it. Um, it's very nerve-wracking. It's very scary, but I'm just glad <laughs> that I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Wow. Yes. So tell us that. about your, your release that just came out. Uh, what can we expect that, uh, in the pages of that book? Um, my release that just came out on Tuesday is called A King's Love. Um, it's an urban novel. It's very kind of like drama packed it's not too much drama to where you know it's overkill but it's just enough to keep you turning each page there's a lot of love there's a lot of lust there's a lot of deceit and lies that's going on and a lot of family secrets that come to the forefront um so Mm -hmm. I think it's just it's very entertaining you know and I think it's very relatable um I was listening to what you guys said earlier about how you have to have your work um how readers gravitate towards work that's relatable so I try uh-huh. to make my characters as real as possible. And I think you get a lot of that in that novel. Uh-huh. But tell us a little bit about your leading characters. Um, well, I have two main characters that it's about. Um, one is Bliss Love. Uh, uh-huh. She's 19. You know, she's she's been through a lot in her life. Um, she starts off the book ending a very toxic and unhealthy relationship. So um, she goes through this tragic loss and she's just trying to find herself throughout the book. And she's trying to find a way to, you know, keep her grasp on the world that she's in and try to get her foot in and everything in it. Um, mm-hmm. And then as I call him my book bay, that's Bentley King. He is mm-hmm. 27 years old. He just came home from prison. Um, you know, they have a different mindset sometimes than uh, people that haven't been in prison. Um, uh-huh. So he mm-hmm. sees the world differently. And he's going through his own tragic losses and through his own problems. And he's trying to run from his past. But meeting Bliss, he's kind of forced to face what he was running from. So it's just uh-huh. a good a good um, little adventure that they take you on. Uh-huh. That's a nice little age gap, too, to, to make you kind of, you know, wonder where this is going to end up at. <laughs> yes, <ma'am>. Absolutely. <laughs> now, when you were writing this book, this is Leisha, what were the hardest emotions for you to have to be able to, to uh, pin when, in writing this book? What were your hardest emotions to pin? Um, 
kind of I touch a lot on depression um and dealing with that mm-hmm. um it's 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 easier to feel depression than it is to explain what it is or explain what the person that has depression is going through um so that emotion mm-hmm. was like the that was one of the hardest things for me to you know try to try to explain and convey in my book and um yeah that that one was real tough for me Mm-hmm. Wow, I mean, this is this is Tony, and when you say depression, I mean it afflicts so many people. I mean, you can walk down the street and mm-hmm. see people and not even know that they are afflicted with that. But I know you're a new author, exactly. But do you do you feel that there's a message that you try to portray in your book that you would like your readers to take away from? Oh, um, I guess. Are you at that was- point yet? I think there's there's like a little hidden message in it. It kind of just came together at the end, but um, mm-hmm. it's just you have to keep going through your struggle, like because you know sometimes it's very hard and it makes people, you know, I know I've been through some things where it's just like, well, man, like what's next? Like I can't take anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of um, you you just have to keep going through it. It's going to get better, you know. You just kind of have to take it breath by breath. That's what I say. You know, some people say day by day. I like to say breath by breath because you never know mm-hmm. what's going to affect you within that next breath. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, 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 that's absolutely true. Now I want to go back a little bit. When you, you put depression um, into your writing, is it something that you put in because – it was something that you, you dealt with or someone close to you dealt with and you just needed to purge yourself from it? Um, I yeah. It's not really I had to purge myself, it's just it's kinda um what I the cards that I was dealt, um, I was raised, my mom, she is manic depressive, so um my childhood was a little different than, you know, other childhood because mm-hmm. it is different when you are mm-hmm. raised with a parent that does um suffer from it and that has to deal with it and it's all around us I think everybody deals with depression um like you said before some people have it maxed maxed and you know some people can cover it up really well and you won't even know that they're dealing with it so it's just a subject that I wanted to talk about because it affects all of us and you know, just to let people know that y'all are not the only ones that go through it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. You know, you you must be touching somebody because you have across the board five stars on this book, least thirty three, <laughs> and it just came out Tuesday. So you are on your the right path. But I just want to say, you. as a new as a new author, you know, you were talking about uh, just taking it breath by breath. What about this industry has surprised you and it just makes you wonder, like, am I am I doing the right thing? Do you feel that you've chosen the right field to be an author? Um, you said have I, do I feel like I've chosen the right field? Right. Is it all that you expected it to be, this field of um, writing? You know, they always say the grass is greener on the other side, and then when you get mm-hmm. over there, it's not as green as you thought it was. Right. Um, I love this field because writing is my passion. I don't do it for the money. I do it because 
my character stuck to me and I just if I could just help somebody because I know reading growing up was an escape for me and they touched my life in the way that nobody else could so I just want to be that for somebody but um mm-hmm. I just the thing I would have to say is there's a lot of different things that goes on in the industry and you kind of have to learn how to um not be a part of it as far as like mm-hmm. there's like some negative things as far as like support goes and you know some people go back and forth over it but I just kind of stay to myself and I don't mix in it um because that's not what I'm here for so mm-hmm. I'm just here to keep right. conveying these messages and you know tell these character stories mm-hmm. that's a very absolutely now we have a hand up you mind taking a call no not at all Okay, we got seven oh four four nine two. You are live in the chat room. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello. Seven oh four four nine two. Hi, how are you? Okay, then no? I'm ready to talk. Hello. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Can you hear hey. me? Am I online? <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. You just came on. I didn't know. I was on. Oh, Jesus. I just thought I was and just tune in. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> um, What's your name and where you calling from? Hey, my name is Kadera, and I'm calling from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Let me see. A question that I will have. Um, when is the next book? <laughs> I'm actually working on it right now. I took a quick break to come do this interview, but I promise I am plugging away at it. <laughs> and how is it with managing everyday life and being a new author? How is that going for you? Um, it's taking, that's a good question. Um, it it takes some getting used to. Um, I was listening to Miss Leisha and Miss Tony talk earlier about how you have to kind of incorporate it in your life because it's not exactly like a nine to five. But um, I'm learning how to treat it like a nine to five. Like I heard Lucinda's interview yesterday, and she was saying how you know she takes her breaks and it's like she clocks in. So I just I treat it like that. Um. You know, like, okay, well, it's 10 o'clock. Let me go ahead and go here and write for a little bit, you know. So mm-hmm. it's taking a little while to get to get used to it, but I think it's working out pretty well. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. Oh, yes. Yeah, no problem. You know? Yeah, you know. Shout out to 704, you know, Charlie. You know, we got love. Or you're really excited to talk to me. Or you're really excited to see me. Like, 
We yes. me. <laughs> Did you not know how them? many times I've read the reviews? Like I just check it like every couple hours because I'm like, this is unbelievable. This is just, it's like so. I'm so like just awestruck really you see I'm speechless because it's just Mm -hmm. I just get so excited and it's just like it feels so real to me so Mm -hmm. it's just I love it and it just makes it even more worth it for me because as you stated earlier it's not easy being an author um I've actually been signed since last year with Lucinda and my book just came out because it was you know a struggle trying to incorporate it into my life like um the caller just asked and you know Mm -hmm. that's why I said I'm just I'm getting used to it now and I'm learning I'm learning better now um how to deal with it so just to see like everything that I went through to get this book here and to see the amazing response and to hear callers like that and you know to get messages it's just really it's really awesome. It makes me cry because mm-hmm. I'm like a sensitive baby, but <laughs> it's just it's just really surreal. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Kalia, just the caller like we just had. I mean, I love. You can hear her passion and her excitement for you for what you created between those pages, and and it doesn't get old. You know, even even me and Leach, we still have our favorite, and we get excited. So that excitement it humbles you. And to hear it in her voice, it's just like, oh, you know, to give, to have this platform to hear that is just awesome. So I'm happy for you as well as your readers. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Now, is this a standalone Absolutely. book for you or will it be a no. series? There is a second book coming. Definitely oh. a second book coming. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all hear that. She's working on part two. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, speaking of different styles of, of writing, what are some of the, uh, or who are some of the writers uh, who have influenced you or inspired you um, in your journey? Oh, man, there's so many. I've, um, but what, what, um, inspired me to actually send in my things. I was reading Lucinda's book. I was reading her um, her Married to the Boss series, you know, so um, that's what actually inspired me to send it in. But there's so many different ones. I read authors like Ivy Simone. I've read um, Jay Jones. I've read um, Sister Soldier, of course, going back to some classics. Um, there's just so many. Because like I said, I was practically raised in the library, um, but definitely Ivy Simone. Um, I can't even think of all the other ones off the top of my head, but there's definitely a lot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Sister Soldier. I want to shout out Blake Carrington because he came on and um, we had an interview with him the other day. And he gave, he dropped a jewel that I didn't even know, that originally the coldest winter ever was a nonfiction book. She had wrote a book about her life and she wanted to get it in the hands of young girls, so that's why she wrote it in fiction. I didn't even know that. Wow. You Mm -hmm. learn something new every day. You learn something new every day. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Now, Kalia, this is Tony once again. Um, I'm sorry, Lise. I just want to ask you, what is going to be the uniqueness of your pen that's going to stand out from all the others in your genre? 
That's a good question. Um, that's what they pay me right here for. That's a very good question. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it. Um, I just, I could tell you the key phrases that I always use to write. I'm not sure okay. um, what other authors use, but I like to remain humble. Um, um, and I love to, like, as I stated before, make my characters relatable because I always feel that real recognizes real. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, sometimes with urban fiction, it's sometimes a lot of the books are over dramatic. So I try not mm-hmm. to make mine like that. I just try to keep it relatable and real. Um, so that everybody can relate to it. And even if there's um, making situations that everybody has gone through or that I've gone through personally. Um, so mm-hmm. that's kind of how I do with my writing. Mm-hmm. All right, now. That's what stands you apart. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we want you guys to make sure you head over to Amazon and support her. A King's Love is live and available on Amazon today. Make sure you check it out and check out her pen. Uh-huh. And then leave a review. <laughs> yes, please. I love reading the reviews, promise. Uh-huh. That's what I like the reviews for because it lets me know that you guys like what you have read, what you didn't like about it what hurt your heart, as long as I, I like to say I like to evoke emotions. That's my main goal, to evoke emotions. And as long as mm-hmm. I did that in some way, whether it's anger or sad, if it had you crying, then I feel like my job is done. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, getting that emotion drawn out of that pen. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We appreciate you stepping into the club house and spending your time and in your space with us. Before you leave out the clubhouse, make sure you shout out your social media uh, so that everybody knows where they can get you. Reach out the name of your book and where it's available at. All righty. My book name is A King's Love. It is available on Amazon as of right now. You just one click and download it. It's free with Kindle Unlimited, 99 cents. Otherwise, um, you can follow me. My actual author page is K space Jamani, which is J-A-H-M-A-N-I. You can contact me on my regular Facebook page, which is Carlia Franklin, or you can get with me on Instagram, which is Carlia, but it's K-A-R underscore L-E-E underscore A-H. All right, now. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, you know, our door is always open when you drop that part, too. If you want to share anything with your your readers, just let us know. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I have fun. (laughs) (laughs) You are more than welcome, sweetie. You are welcome back anytime. You ladies have a good evening. Okay, you too. You too, love. She is so sweet. Mm-hmm. So I love hearing first-time authors interviews, Leash. It's like, oh, we got a new baby in the house. <laughs> yes, and she is just so sweet and excited. Y'all make sure y'all go out and support that young lady. We want to yes. welcome y'all to Let's Chat. We're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to come back with the fabulous author, 
Miss Teresa Robbins. Okay. I think we're going to listen to a little bit of that Blue Marley exclusive. This your boy, Yo Gotti. Gotti. Catch up to my muscle, bitch, I'm living Yo, God, it told me he got work I said, OG, let's get it They do my dirt with no co-defendant I know they snitching 30 years, reals, but he broke That boy got no ambition I was 16, triple beam, leaning on him Know the street couldn't hold me They triple teaming on me I remember telling Frank, boy, I want a bag Now I'm shopping with my bitch All she want is Chanel Went to sleep, count sheep I woke up counting money if it's right for the price, tell him I can run it. Remember, I ain't have a pot to piss me. Started whipping, 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 now look how I'm living. Hey, chili in it, big got all my chains on. Man, I'm about to blow like it's cocaine on. Told that walker flocker got that flame on. Just me jugging with my rich home. Hey, hey, this I live. This I live. This I live. This I live. I really live this life for real. I really do this shit for real. A hundred twenty carries, don't get yourself embarrassed. But I paid for the cross, I could have bought a navy. Four thousand thirty-two grams, they one. Home damage chain is what I paid for just one. When I was young, they labeled you for a damn fool. Twenty-two's enough on my Benz truck and my old school. You get the picture, the money, it ain't the issue. Six figures before the rap game, now I'm a little richer. Homie, still a real nigga, yeah, and I do real shit, man. West fucking round with start shifting my whole freak. Down the spring field, nigga, get it how you live. Real recognized, real and don't pay the fucking bill. Broke niggas on chill, got it on them things in the fast lane. Burning brain, bumping Jake, and I live. I represent no Memphis, motherfucker. And this is how I live, motherfucker. This your boy, you got it. Thank you for having me. I'm good. Thank you for having me. 
You're so welcome. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, for all of those that don't know who you are, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your work. Okay. Um, well, my name is Teresa Robinson, but my pen name is Lori Robbins. Um, I started writing probably since I was 15, 16 in high school. Um, I kind of got it from my sister, who you guys probably know, Cara Monet, who I'm signed to. Mm-hmm. So I grew up really watching watching her and reading her um, her stories that she wrote. So I kind of like just grew up under her wing, and I always wanted to be like my big sister. So, um, you know, she got me into that. And then up until recently, um, I just graduated from college so um, in May. And so I was just talking to my sister, and she wanted to sign me. And, you know, she pushed me to do this. And so um, that's what I'm doing right now. So I'm really excited. Wow. Well, congratulations. Now, is this your, exactly. Is this your first book, Lily? This is. This is my first awesome. book. My first book actually signed. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so what was the process like? Oh, the process of writing it? What was the process like writing your first book? What was that process like for you? Um, it was, well, it's, I've been writing books since I was about 15 or 16. So this is like the first book I actually, um, this is a book, the first book I actually did from start to finish as like, you know, now being 22, being older, having, um, you know, better writing skills, you know, better vocabulary. So I feel like it was mm-hmm. way different from writing in high school. So that process mm-hmm. was good, actually finishing something and being able to now as a 22-year-old woman, having better experiences that I can, you know, put into my characters that people can relate to, you know, in the mind frame of somebody who isn't like, you know, a little girl who hasn't really gone through anything and really can't be relatable as much. Mm-hmm. So that was really wow. good writing it. Mm-hmm. Now, this is Tony. Did you feel any type of pressure being that you were, were assigned under your sister and she, you know, because sometimes that, that familiar can be a little bit more, put a little bit more pressure on you. How did you, how did you handle that? Actually, I think it was a lot better because she's my sister because, um, you know, as siblings, well, depending on the kind of siblings you have, we're really blunt with each other, you know, very blunt and honest, and we, um, mm-hmm. we're we okay to crit- give, give each other, you know, constructive criticism. So, um, you know, just writing it, I always listen to her. So I'm like, tell me what I need to fix, tell me what I need to change, you know, and I'll do mm-hmm. it. So just going into it, I just, I'm always a person that I need to listen, you know, like talk less, listen more, mm-hmm. because in the end mm-hmm. it will be more beneficial. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's what mm-hmm. I just went into it doing. You know, I'm always like, can you read this? And, you know, there's some things that she wanted me to change, so I changed it. I don't go the whole back and forth thing because she knows better um, at the end mm-hmm. of the day. So I think it was a lot better because unlike other people, you know, you know, they, if you don't know someone, it's easier to sit there and talk back to them and, you know, have more of, like, a backbone. But my sister, I'm like, okay, um, you mm-hmm. know, no, I know her. I know she's not going to sit there and steer me wrong. So I think it was better. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, what what was the what was the one thing that you would say it was the most difficult um, penning this this first novel of yours? Um, the most difficult um, towards writing it because there's something that um like you mean like the most difficult while what? writing it or the most what? difficult like yeah. just in general. Like for instance, you want to after for yeah. you. Okay, so um, I would say, well, writing the book the most difficult. Um, I wouldn't say it was so 
much it wasn't really that hard because of the fact that the characters especially the females um which is really interesting all the all the female characters in my book are somewhat based off of me like experiences that I've been through like personally went through and like some of the things in my mindset that I have like certain characteristics or how I feel about certain situations or how I feel about relationships and how I act in those relationships so all the characters Mm -hmm. are based on me so it was very easy to write that um, and then the hard part was, like, you know, even after, since the book is out now, just reading over the reviews, um, it's interesting to see other people's perspectives because they're like, oh, this person is too rough or this person is selfish. And it's kind of like funny because that's a difficult thing. You know, it's not that I wrote the person like that on purpose or wanted to cause drama. That person kind of is real because it's me. So that's kind of, mm-hmm. that's, I think that's the most difficult thing. Because um, mm-hmm. sometimes people don't think it's a reality, but it is a reality. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us a little bit about your book with all these characters that resemble you. <laughs> uh, okay, so, um, yeah, um, this, the book, Kalani and Shamara, Changing the Game, um, it focuses on two characters, Kalani, um, who is a um, certified nurse anesthesiologist. So, um, you know, she works in that. She's really intelligent, independent, strong, smart. And uh, Shamar, who is a um, all-star basketball player who plays for, like, you know, New York team, the Knicks. Um, of course, it's, you know, made up. Um, but, um, yeah, so centers around there, those two characters. And Kalani, um, she grew up very rich, very wealthy with her mother, who was a news anchor, and her father, who was a cardiothoracic surgeon. And um, when she was younger, she thought she had the perfect life until – um, she came home one day and her father was leaving her mother for a secret family and um, secret oh. children. And she kind of oh. broke down and she always wanted to be like her dad. She always wanted to be like him. Um, and, you know, that kind of like ruined her whole thing about men, about a family, about all that. And she also was not only angry at her father, but her mother too, because um, after her mother had got pregnant with her, she you know, kind of left her job for reasons that she didn't know just to soothe her man's ego. I guess that's how Kalani views it. So she was mad because mm. she, she, her, her mother didn't make her father pay. So that, that's how the book kind of like begins. That's everything it focuses on. And then years, you know, later she goes to college and she's like, I'm, I'm going to be smart. I'm not going to, you know, let a man like, you know, dictate how my life is going to be as my mom did. And so she ends up getting wrapped up in the same kind of situation almost and gets her heart broken by a basketball mm. player. And she just realizes that, you know what, people who live, like, this famous, crazy, like, you know, upscale life just isn't for me then. Like, you know, I'm not that kind of person that should be with someone who's a little more down to earth. Like, so now she's like, all right, I can't date basketball players. I can't date surgeons. I can't date lawyers. Like, you know, because they're all just liars. And, like, they're just so caught up in their little fancy world that, you know, it's not for me. And so, you know, then it goes fast forward and, like, she's, like, a grown woman now and, um you know, that's when she meets Shamar, like she's just not with it. And her best friend drags her to this party. And um, she ends up meeting uh, Shamar there because her best friend dates within the industry. And Shamar, when he sees Kalani and, and he realizes that, um, you know, that she's just not for him and she shuts him down and she's different and he's not used to different. He like, he's like, going for her and she's she's so she's kind of like running away and she's not really trying to be with him but that makes him even want her even more and he while he has his own drama going on with his broken family and he has a crazy ex who broke his heart years ago um who made him have this mentality that all women were just like dangerous and scandalous and this and that she changes his Mm -hmm. mind and makes him think differently so it's just about their love story and it's a lot of twists and turns especially at the end of course um that's like Mm -hmm. a bombshell that is not expected oh all right Mm -hmm. now 
Now, is this a standalone or is it a series? It's not. It's, um, I think it's, well, this is part one. Part two, um, I, part two will be the end. And then part three, I think, will be a spinoff because some people, they like a certain character in the book. Um, a certain mm-hmm. couple in the book, and they do have a backstory. So I'm thinking of part three being their their spinoff. Boy, so you already yeah. got this all planned out I, how you want to I do. I do. <laughs> I think a mile a minute. I think a mile a minute. <laughs> absolutely. You done shoes on that. You done shoes on I, it and everything. You mm-hmm. was like, this is what I'm going to do with this right here. <laughs> uh, I cannot help it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that passion. Absolutely. I know. So cute. Now, who was your role model um, growing up and why? Well, I of course, I have to put my, my sister in there. Um, definitely my sister. Um, and in general, actually, in general, I have to say all of all of my siblings. Um, you know, I have, I have my older sister, Sanaya, she, you know, Carmona, also known as Sanaya, and um, my other two siblings, I'm the baby out of everyone. And I think all of them, because when you are the baby, you have the ability to look at other people and, you know, like, know what to do, what not to do, and it kind of helps you further, like, you know, in life. So you don't have to go through the same kind of mistakes. It's kind of messed up. But, um, you know, yeah, I think all my siblings, basically. And um, role models, uh, my sister has to be a big one, too, because we're so different. I, like, in a lot of situations, sometimes, like, I kind of run away and give up, and I'm like, I just can't take this, but I like how she perseveres through everything. You know, it could be, like, the end of it at all, but she's still going to find a way. So I think that definitely has to, um, you know, be my number one role model, because I admire that a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, it sounds like, this is Tony, if I was to ask you if you wanted to co-write a book with, who would it be that a a far stretch that I should already know. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Far, one of my favorite authors, like, I love my sister, but one of my favorite authors, uh, definitely, she's not signed to my publication or, um, you know, any of the other people I'm under, but um, I love Nicole Jackson. Love her. Oh. Mm-hmm. Love her books. Like, it's something special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's a, right. far, that's a far reach. That's yeah. a far reach. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a reach nonetheless. Yeah. Now, this is Leisha. Do you have any special routines um, you do when you're writing um, that allow you to find the uh, necessary space just in your mind to be able to um, get your writing done? Yeah, absolutely. I what I do when I when I need to write, um, well while I'm writing, definitely music. Like music to set the scenes, like you know, to like if I'm out first I outline the entire book, then I outline a chapter just so I can have all my thoughts together so the book isn't scattered. Um, but I have to have music on, you know, to get me like, you know, in that right frame. But just in general, like just writing, I definitely like I think living. Like if you go out and you have like relationships and you have problems in the, those relationships and like that kind of stuff helps you because it gives you inspiration. Like oh my gosh, I'm going through a lot, so now like or this bad thing happened to me, so now I can put this in the book or in some kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. Like watching movies. Sometimes you might watch a movie and you kind of like identify with something that happens. Um, mm-hmm. Like okay, I can I can definitely spin this into my book. So I think like watching movies, living, hanging out with friends, or like getting into an argument with your boyfriend, or like having just stuff like that, just like regular life, that really helps me. Wow! Now, if you can put a soundtrack to your book, what would it be? Mm. 
soundtrack. Okay, I'm a little old. Don't mind me. But um, <laughs> um, I definitely you don't love... old. I know I'm not old, but like I love old music, like older music. But I would definitely uh-huh. say one of the best uh-huh. soundtracks while writing Kalani Shamar, I listened to a lot of Wade Nectel um soundtrack, a lot. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. That's that old soul music. Yeah, it it gets you there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And so if we're sitting here a year from now and we're interviewing you and you're telling us about all the different projects and things that you have accomplished in 2016, what would those things be that we would be speaking about? Um, definitely that Kalani Shamar did very well. Um, and, you know, part two. And also, um, just besides that, um, this book, my first not, um, debut, um, I have another book that I really want to start working on. So hopefully that does well. It's going to be called I Breathe Easily. It's kind of centered on, like, domestic violence since the month is coming up for awareness. Um mm-hmm. And um, just on top of that, just, you know, growing in my writing, I'm definitely, I just graduated from college, so I'm definitely trying to get, like, an, another job. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just writing and having good novels, you know, that resonate with people. And, um, yeah, a, a growing a more better audience and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, if you wasn't writing, what would you be doing? Is that the type of job that you're looking into, that type of field? What would you be doing if you weren't writing? Well, like, um, I always wanted to write, like, just, like, on the side. Like, I always, that was always my dream, like, since I was very young. But on the side, um, just working, I would still do writing in some way. Like, I, like, I do PR, PR marketing. Like, that's my major. PR marketing, journalism, um, you know, editing for, like, a magazine. Like, I do all that kind of stuff. That's what my, my other passion is. So that's mm-hmm. what I – so it's still writing, but just mm-hmm. not, you know, these books with drama and, and romance and all of that. <laughs> Well, those are what sells those books, girl, that drama and romance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All the time. Oh, well, we time. appreciate you taking time out to come and kicking in the club, the chat room with us. Before you go, I do have this one more question. It's a fun question. If okay. you can write a anthology and you can have anybody in it um, that you would like, dead or alive, who would you pick? to be in your anthology and why? Who would I pick? That's a good question. That's a, that's a quite a far question. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, you have, to have, have known them? Nope. No, you don't Dead have to alive. No, no. Nope. It could be anybody. And you have, to, you have to talk about what you feel is unique about their skin, unique enough that you feel that you will want it in your anthology. Gosh, I don't even know who to pick. <laughs> oh, um, oh gosh, I don't even know who to pick. Sorry, I'm taking a second. Um, okay. Who would I pick? I really don't even know. Who did you read growing up? Um. You know how I read a lot, a lot growing up. Um, do you know who Brenda Hampton is? I that was one of the first books I really, really loved. Um, uh-huh. she read this one. Yeah, she uh wrote this one series. Uh, it's called Naughty, but it's it, it's one of my favorites. 
Um, yeah, I really love that one. I I did use I did used to read Zane. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, one more. And oh, I used to really like Carl Weber. Carl Weber. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Okay, can't go wrong with Mr. Weber. Mhm. Mhm. Those are the old ones. I used to read those in high school. Yeah. Okay, that's a good selection. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What was you doing reading Zane in high school? I'm telling you. I, I, it comes, it comes from, it, it comes from having an older sister. I have an older sister, so I just read whatever she reads. There you go. Oh, now you go. Now you go. Blame it on your sister. <laughs> and also, that first hopefully one, your mom is not listening. Yeah, that's my mom naughty. is not listening you just told on it, right? You just told it. <laughs> Well, actually, no, actually, Brenda Hampton, I got that from my mother. She read that book. So, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Still blaming it on mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thank you so Absolutely. much for joining us. Before you leave the chat room, shout out to social media sites. And uh, I know you just dropped this book, but let our listeners know if you, you know, going to be doing signings, do you have anything further along down the pipe, just share with our listeners before you leave the chat room. Okay, definitely. Um, yes, so my name is Teresa Robinson. That's what my name is on Facebook. Um, my pen name is Lori Robbins and Kalani and Shamar Changing the Game is available on Amazon and Kindle Unlimited right now. You can just one click and download it for ninety nine cents. Um and I should be in Atlanta actually this October on the eighth. Um, Shan Presents is throwing a book signing, um and I'll be there. So, um mm-hmm. yeah, you could come and I'll see you guys there and meet more people, and it'll be amazing. And you can follow me on on um, Facebook, and my Twitter and everything is connected to that. So right. well, that's awesome. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much for joining for having us. Me. Thank you. You're very welcome. You are keep up the great work. <laughs> I will. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you do great. I hope so. But please leave reviews Absolutely. too if you, if you read it. Please reviews. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you have a great We appreciate you. you have a- All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. You are right. You're welcome. I love her passion, Leash. <laughs> Absolutely. It just seeps right through. Thank you, guys. If you're just dropping into the chat room. I am Miss Leisha. You know I'm here with my right hand and sometimes my left the fabulous Miss Tony. We are talking now. Talk about one, two, three, a writer's life for me. Just committing to your pen. We have two fabulous authors interviewed at the beginning of the show. If you missed it, no worries. Just go back and hit the archives. If you don't want to hit our archives on Blog Talk, that's okay too. You can catch us on iTunes as a podcast. We're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to come back with Navi Robbins.
tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. We are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat. That was Dennis Ferrer. Um, we have tons of independent artists that always send us music. Um, some of the music that we get is music that um, we might be introduced to. Uh, shout out to Boss One. He actually introduced me to this artist. I love his I just love the 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 uh house housey hip hop mm-hmm. uh funky feel of that song. Uh all Me the music too. that we play, well most of it unless it's exclusive, is available on iTunes, um and sometimes uh titles. So make sure you guys if you hear something that you love, just head over there and get your one click shopping, um, and make mm-hmm. that purchase. Absolutely. Now we have our next guest, Navi Robbins. He is kicking in the chat room door. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, good. Welcome to the chat room. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, for everybody that doesn't know who you are and they're not familiar with your work, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Navi Robbins, and I'm a multi-genre author. I have a young adult paranormal series entitled Walking Among the Shadows. I have a romance suspense uh, series entitled The Tragedy Trilogy, and I have a science fiction series entitled Article 88. Jericho's Revenge, and also have an upcoming, <clears throat> excuse me, an upcoming uh, solo, solo standalone um, African American drama entitled Onyx, which will be released on uh, Election Day, two thousand sixteen. Well, awesome. talk about a, a multi-talented pen. <laughs> Yes, you got that universal pin. Me and Miss C love them universal pins. Thank mm, you, thank mm. you. I have a wow. very eclectic. I have a very eclectic and vivid imagination, and just sticking to one genre just would not do it justice. Mm-hmm. How long have you been writing, Navi? Um, unofficially, or unpublished, about eight, nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, books per se and publish it's my third year of being a published author uh, my my three year anniversary was May 23rd of this year uh, mm-hmm. prior to writing or attempting to write books I was writing music I was ghost writer for some uh, pretty famous authors I mean pretty famous singers and I did some poetry as well Wow, talk about multi-talented, period. <laughs> this is Tony. Um, tell us, how, how are you able to go back? I mean, you got a young, young adult, you have romance, suspense, sci-fi, and you have a, a solo coming up, you have drama. How difficult is it to, to keep those separate pens separate, or do you ever bring them together? It's not difficult at all for me because um, – it actually makes writing easy for me because I'm I'm not always in the mood for romance. I'm not always in the mood for, you know, mm-hmm. paranormal horror. Sometimes I'm in the mood for action. Sometimes I'm in the mood for something more historical like a 
notebook type of love story. And being that I delve into so many different genres, if I'm in a mood for horror to scare the crap out of somebody, then mm-hmm. my pen goes right there. If I'm in a mood for some romance, I'm in a mood for something erotic, something completely weird and out of the ordinary. I have so many different projects that I can touch on, so it's not really that difficult. The more, the most difficult thing for me about writing is finding the time to do mm-hmm. it. That's probably the most difficult thing for me. Mm. I see you have interest. At least he done, he he done coming in the chat room getting me. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready. <Wow. laughs> now. <laughs> Now, I don't, this is Leisha. Now, out of all the genres that you've written, which one was the hardest for you to pin emotionally? It will have, definitely be the Tragedy Trilogy, which is the romance suspense novel. Uh, that that series surrounds the the life and drama behind the doctor from Chicago Without Borders who goes over to South Sudan to help out, and he takes his daughter with him and a warlord murders her and almost kills him. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things that he experienced in the book was some things that I experienced myself in real life. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it was kind of hard revisiting that that those horrible times in my life when I was a teenager because I lived in Africa for seven years. So mm-hmm. to and um, to go through some of the to have to rewrite even though it's fiction, a lot of the things I said he went through in the book I actually experienced personally and so it was kind of hard revisiting those things because sometimes you're trying to push those to the side you don't want to deal with it so you can move on with your life and so writing that first book in that series was really hard for me mm-hmm. now when you sat down to be an author did you think that story would come out because sometimes stories just push themselves out whether you want to write them or not was that one of the stories that that took you there Yes, it was because it it was supposed to be a dramatic, sexy, action-packed book. It was actually mm-hmm. only supposed to be a standalone, but the readers of Tragedy, Lust, and Destiny, they tore my inbox to pieces and said, no, we want more. So mm-hmm. I decided to turn it into a trilogy. But, yeah, that wasn't supposed to be so personal. That wasn't mm-hmm. the initial plan, but as I always tell people, the voices in my head, they control it and say, nope, mm -mm." you have to get a little Mm. bit more personal because I've been reading much longer than I've been writing, and I've Mm -hmm. always read books written by Sidney Sheldon and, you know, Daniel Mm -hmm. Steele and Maya Mm -hmm. Angelou, and those books, you know, especially when you think about I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings and Master of the Games, those two books were like really, they really, really did something to me. Like they moved me emotionally. And I was reading those books and I had no business reading them. I was mm-hmm. probably like nine or ten years old. If my mother's listening, she's probably going to still try to give me a whooping after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, those, you know, reading those books kind of, it urged me as when I started writing the tragedy trilogy to be more transparent and to pour a lot of emotional writing into it instead of, you know, re- being trans, you know, being kind of 
bland and just on the surface. So when I wrote Tragedy, Lust, and Destiny and Tragedy, Power, and Temptation, I made sure that there were a, there was a lot of emotion, a lot of emotion mm-hmm. in those in those in that story between the characters and there were there's no fillers or characters that's thrown in a book that doesn't really have major parts or major contribution to the story. Mhm. Wow. Now you know just just to give it a shot, I think we all read books growing up that we shouldn't have been reading and that was probably the the, the glue that kept us to reading them because we so enjoyed them. <laughs> that taboo. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's the, even like um, what was it? Um, Song of the Trees was it not Song of No Rolling Thunder? Hear my cry. That was one that really stuck out to me when I was growing up. Mhm. Wow. Mm. Now this is Tony now Lee. in the, the cover. I'm sorry, Lee. I just want to take a minute for just a second. The cover of book one is is. It just stands out. What is what was the you know the inspiration behind it? That's a pretty powerful cover, by the way. Oh, which which uh, book are you speaking book, about? Book one, tragedy, lust, and destiny. With book one, with the mask, oh. and I think there was a bullet that are there, and it looks like a little drop of blood. What 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 was that? It was behind that cover. The inspiration was everyone in the story is hiding something, which is the mask. Everyone appears to have uh, benevolent agendas, but everyone in this story has been affected by this warlord one way or the other. And okay. so everyone is wearing a mask, but someone in this story is wearing probably the greatest mask ever, and you won't find out who that person is until the final chapter, which is tragedy, rage, and revenge. But... Mm. And then the bullets is, you know, the the instrument used to, you know, cause so much pain to all of these people in the story. And then mm-hmm. the two roses with the blood, with the river blood flowing down, forming the heart, stands for the destiny between Dr. Daniel Bennett and Ayana and Ayana Burundi, who are who is the love interest in the story. She's mm-hmm. from South Sudan. He's from Chicago, Illinois. She works for the United Nations. They're trying to convince him after they captured the warlord to testify against the warlord. He doesn't want to have anything to do with Africa. After he lost everything, almost his life, he's like, I don't want to deal with it. You guys deal with it. So she's the United Nations top crisis counselor. She's trying to help him deal with his PTSD as well as convince Mm -hmm. him to testify in um, a dramatic and uh, most of the time uh, dysfunctional love affair blossoms and so that's what that cover stands for the mass of people hiding things because Ayana's hiding something Daniel's hiding something the UN is hiding something his best friend is hiding something the warlord is mm-hmm. hiding something and then the warlord mm-hmm. is actually backed by an international crime syndicate and they're hiding mm-hmm. something so yeah so tragedy the tragedy trilogy is kind of a mixture of the notebook um James Bond and the born identity. Oh, so when man, you, those so, are some good ones. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. when, you're this, when you're reading this book, you're being whisked away to Africa, you're going to Europe, you're back in Chicago, you're in, you're in New York, you're all over the world. This book and the story takes place everywhere. 
And there's mm-hmm. action, there's lust, there's love, there's sex, there's intrigue, there's everything that you could possibly imagine from all of those books, especially when you talk about the notebook, how tragic that love affair was. Their love mm-hmm. affair is also very tragic, but not similar to the notebook. I'm not going to do where she can't remember anything. They remember everything. They're just hiding it. So that's what that first cover signifies, just mm-hmm. those different elements that describe what's going on. Wow, because I knew it had to have some meaning behind it because it looks very powerful, and I, I just kind of picked up on that. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, in the beginning of the, um, or a little bit when you were introducing yourself, you said that you like to do poetry. You know me here on Miss on Let's Chat. Me and Miss Tony, we love a little sample. So give us a little sample of some of the poetry that you spit, uh, just a little bit. We just want to hear a few little lines. Go ahead. We won't tell nobody. You can share with (laughs) us. Okay, let me me pull up one um, right now. I don't, I don't, it's been a while, so I don't know I'm like by heart from the top of my head, so just bear with me for a second, bless you. Okay, so this one is from this one is from tragedy lesson. This and I try to put poetry or something in my books. And this one is entitled "Loving You Is My Religion." Loving you is my religion. Looking in your eyes is my ascension. Heaven on earth between your thighs is my connection. Loyalty to your heart is my ultimate affection. Keeping your heart safe is my perfection. Praying for your peace of spirit is my salvation. Loving you is my Sabbath, my seventh day every day. The day we met is my genesis, our first fight, my revelations. Our resolution, my dove and rainbow up above. There is no greater prayer than being in love. Mm, nice. I like that, Leash. <laughs> All right, let me get my sentence in. <laughs> Very nice. That was I like that. nice. Thank you. Well, look at here. You are the most talented. Yes. <laughs> wow. Well, now, this is right. Tony. Tony, Navi, you know, you spoke about, you know, this book having a lot of your, your, your life in it. How long did it take you to write this book? Because it's pretty long. It's a full-length novel. At least part one is. Um, about six months. Six well, I think it must because it probably took take it probably would have been sooner. Probably taking me a lot less time, but I had to take some breaks because of mm-hmm. what it was taking me through. Um, mm-hmm. The because I I used to suffer from PTSD myself because mm-hmm. of what I went through overseas. So I had been able to control it for the most part, and then once I started writing it, I started suffering from it again, and mm-hmm. so I had to kind of break away from it for a couple of months before I went back into it. But I could have finished it within two months. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, I had to kind of give myself a break. Otherwise, um, I wouldn't have been able to put the cuckoo back in the clock. So. That's a good one. <laughs> Now, did you feel yourself that you were purged after you re- you wrote that? Was the part two flow a little bit easier for you? Yes, absolutely, because part two is a lot of fun. It's not personal anymore. Like I said, tragedy 
Lust and Destiny was supposed to be a standalone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the readers, everyone, when they read it, they was like, oh, no, we need more, we need more, we need more. Because part one ended with resolution. You know, everyone, mm-hmm. there was a resolution. It wasn't like left on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. But um, the readers requested it, and, you know, I'm always catering to my readers. So I said, okay, I'll make a trilogy. Someone was like, make it a five, six-book series. I said, no, no. We're going to do a trilogy, and that's it. So um, so Tragedy, Power, and Temptation was a lot of fun because there was nothing personal in there. It was just all me just in there acting a fool. So mm. I, when I wrote Tragedy, Power, and Temptation, I couldn't pull on the same emotional strings that I pulled on in part one because mm-hmm. you know, a, lot of, a lot of series suffer from having the same tone. It's the same mm. thing, just maybe – different locations here and there. So I wanted to change the tone. I wanted to pull on different emotional strings than I did in the first one. The first one, you're going to cry, you're going to get angry, but for the most part, it's kind of like you're going to be like you just can't, you can't believe what's going on and you're crying and emotional. Part two is, especially women, you're going to be so angry. Mm. You're going to be so angry. And by the end of the book, you're probably going to hate me, too, oh. because I can tell you my editor told me that she wants to sue me for emotional duress. Because <laughs> wow. <laughs> after part wow. two, you know, because <laughs> I, I kind of pattern myself after when it comes to my connection to characters. I'm kind of mm-hmm. like Stephen King or the author of the Game of Thrones series. Or mm-hmm. The Walking Dead, you know, don't fall in love with your favorite characters because I will mm. kill them. I will, I will tip their bags. <laughs> Stephen King is one of my Stephen King is one of my writing mentors, and he said, "Kill your little darlings." He said, "If you want your readers to love you mm-hmm. and never forget you, kill your little darlings." He said, "Don't ever mm. let your readers feel comfortable in your stories," mm-hmm. and it's true. I don't want you to ever think you know what's going to happen. And wow. so far, after mm-hmm. writing eight books, I have yet to have a reader say, tell me what was going to happen, and they did. They were right. Mm-hmm. And I would just say, okay, what do you think is going to happen? And they tell me, and I'd be like, okay, keep reading. And they would, I didn't see that coming, because I'm not going to write anything cliche, and I don't want you to feel comfortable and confident that your favorite mm-hmm. character is going to see it to the end of the book. Mm-mm. No. Mm. So yes, my editor. <laughs> I can't assure you that they're gonna make it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you they're gonna make it or not. And you know, you know, I've had some readers curse me out in my inbox. Like I can't believe you did that. Why did you do that? And I was, I'm sorry. I had to do it to you. You, know? mm-hmm. you won't forget that, that story. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Ultimate reader. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. You won't forget that story, but you won't forget the readers in your box. Like, they came for my head. Oh, yeah, they did. They came for me. They was like, I can't believe you did that. Some of them hit my wall like, why did you do that? I said, what are you talking about? You know what you did? 
got to bend their feelings, Navi. You know what you did, but that's yeah. for for but for me, that's what that's what makes it worthwhile when I can get that emotional response. That's a, that's kind of like magic to me, where you can read words on paper. And those words that you read garners an emotional response to the point where you're crying, you're angry, you want to throw the book across the room, not out Mm -hmm. of frustration because the story is crappy, but because the story has gotten you so invested in it that it feels real and you feel connected to those characters like they're your family, like they're your brothers, your sisters, like you grew up with Mm -hmm. them. And then one day you look up and one of them is gone and you just can't Mm -hmm. believe that the author just did that. Definitely Now, we did point out how talented you were, but you're also a graphic artist as well. Tell Absolutely. us a little bit about that journey. Um, the funny thing is my first book that I wrote, which is the Paranormal Young Adult series, I paid someone to do the first two books, the covers. Uh, I think I paid about $1,100 combined between the two book covers. And mm-hmm. I, they don't, I don't, I'm not using them. I had to remove them because the first book cover, it's a young adult novel, and it's for teenagers and college students, and it was really hard trying to convince a parent that this book is okay for your 13-year-old to read, and it was blood dripping down the front of the cover, and, and it was just mm. – and I'm sitting up there, and I was like, I, I just paid somebody $1,100 for these covers, and I can't use them. Mm-hmm. So I decided to spend about two months learning how to use Photoshop and After Effects and a, and a bunch of other uh, graphics designing software. And I said, you know what, I'm going to guinea pig myself. And my first cover that I did, which is the new cover that's on Walking Among the Shadows Awakening, and after I changed the cover, I could not keep that book in stock. Mm. If someone... If someone mm. walked past, if someone walked past and saw that book, they grabbed it. Like, oh my God, what is mm-hmm. this book about? And so mm-hmm. I started studying other major graphics designers. Uh, There's a group from South Africa, boss with it. So I started learning under them, watching mm-hmm. them, and you know, watching their tutorial videos and stuff like that. And so eventually, I started to understand the concept of designing book covers. Designing and you designing a book cover to get an emotional response from the reader, just like you're writing a book. And so after that, I just started, you know, going through it and teaching myself and learning, going to YouTube University and going to their forums, and to the point now where if someone tells me whatever they want, I can design it without a hitch. And mm-hmm. I'm building my clientele right now to kind of get people on board because when I design book covers, they're always going to be different. I don't like to use the same format that everyone else is using. There's a half-naked right. woman, there's a dude with his chest open, there's some guns, and there's a city in the background. I don't want to do that. I want to do something different because the way I see it is if my book covers aren't better or comparable to what the big five are putting out, it's a fail. Mm-hmm. And I feel the mm-hmm. same way about my clients. They come to me for even a pre-made book cover. Pre-made book cover the same way. I want if you set your book cover, your book in the store at Barnes and Noble or Walmart or Target. I want it to look sitting next to the one of the big five, and I want it to be better or comparable. If it's not, it's mm-hmm. a fail. Mm-hmm. Wow! Now, did you design your book covers? Your, your absolutely, covers? absolutely. 
All of them. So Tragedy Lesson, Destiny, Tragedy, Power, and Temptation, uh, the Walking Among the Shadow series, the, the on- Onyx, which is going to be released in uh, November, November 8th. All of those I designed them myself. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, because Lisa and I, we say how important it is for book covers, that, that catching your eye. And, and that one we talked about earlier, that caught my eye, and I just knew it had to be a story behind it. So uh, that that's that great branding. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Now, um, so I have a fun question for you. Mm-hmm. And we asked the previous guests this. I don't know if you listen to the show, but if you can write an anthology and you can have anybody in that anthology, dead or alive, who would be in your end? Who would you pick and why? Mm. I'm gonna have to do with two. I'm gonna have to go with two genres. Horror would be Stephen King, Clive Barker, uh, Dean Koontz. Um, I forgot the author's name, but he's the author who wrote Picture of Evil. Um and Gene not Gene, and um he passed away just recently, the author of the uh Freddy, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street series. That'll be my horror anthology. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like a historical drama, it will be Alexander Dumas, Maya Angelou, Alex Haley, and yeah. Those right there. Mm-hmm. Science fiction, it will be, um, uh, it'll be uh, Frank Herbert and Gene Roddenberry. Mm. All right. Now this is Tony. I have a question. You know, you have your various genres that you 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 pen. How are your how are your readers? Do they go do they go back and forth? Do you have some of the same in the different genres? How how is that? How does that juggle? Uh, most uh, initially, most of the readers uh, become familiar with me with the tragedy series, tragedy trilogy. After they fall in love with the tragedy trilogy, they say, "Okay, let me see what else he's written," and then they jump on the Walking Among the Shadows series and they fall in love with it. And the crazy thing about it is, most people who start to read Walking Among the Shadows, they're not really into paranormal. They're scared, or it's just not the genre. But then after they read it, they'd be like, I need to get more into this this genre because this was incredible. So mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll have people who only strictly read urban fiction. They only did urban mm-hmm. or they only do uh, nonfiction, biog- you know, biographies and things like that. But then once they read tragedy, the Tragedy Trilogy or the Walking on the Shadow series or even Article 88, they – Next thing I know, they're jumping from each of them. I, I've actually had an author that I'm doing some design for. She read all of my books. I'm not exaggerating. She read all of my books in three days. Wow. Shout out mm-hmm. to Felicia. Shout out to wow. Felicia. I'm, and, and it's, you know, she did it. She I guess she has, like, a Kindle Unlimited. And, mm-hmm. you know, they count your pages. Read, mm-hmm. So she was reading them. So I'm I'm looking at my page is read just going up, and I'm like, wow, she read 400 pages in a day. She wow. read all of my wow. days. And that's, a lot of times that's what happened. Most readers don't read them in three days, but mm-hmm. a lot of readers, once they read one of my books, they go straight through all of them. 
Wow, that speaks volumes for your pen, Mr. Thank you, thank you. I mm-hmm. put my all in my pen. I do. I put my all in my pen, and I think all of my stories through. And then all I make sure that all of my characters are either African American or just people of different nationalities. And I like to put them in scenarios that you would expect, you know, a, a, a Matt Damon or someone else to be involved in. And mm-hmm. the way I look at it is, why can't an African American doctor from Chicago be involved in the international espionage spy type thing? You know, mm-hmm. why why can't that be a belief? Wow. You know, and so that's how I wrote Tragedy Trilogy and Walking Among the Shadows. Why can't a half Spaniard, half Brazilian boy from Deerfield, Illinois, finds out that his bloodline, he has a some type of supernatural bloodline, and everybody in his family knows about it but him, and the only person that decided to tell him about it is his enemy. So why can't I have, instead of having, you know, Someone of European descent or or blonde hair, blue eyed child taking on as we normally see on those type of subject matters. You know, there's something that you know mm-hmm. encompasses a history that spans millions of years. Why mm-hmm. can't you know a person of color, or, you know, African American or Hispanic or you know, or Middle Eastern person be a part of the story? Because in Walking Among the Shadow series, I have people I have Egyptians. African Americans, Africans, Israelis, Asians, white people, everybody is a part of this story. But the main characters are countries that say minorities. You know, they're mm-hmm. Hispanics, they're African American, they're from Egypt. And that's what the story encompasses, and it encompasses their long history and how this young man, 17 years old, he meets this girl. And as soon as he meets her, it awakens this power in his blood, and he has no idea what's going on. And the only person that is revealing this to him is the person that's supposedly supposed to be trying to kill him. Mm. That's deep. Wow. That's all yeah. I can say is wow. There There's a lot between those pages. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> just, yes, there is. But it's a lot of fun. My books are a lot of fun. They're not slow. Well, I mean, if you're someone that wants people to start humping on page one, then more than likely my books aren't for you. But, you know, there has mm-hmm. to be – they're always exciting. There's just not like we, when you open the page, this is long and drawn out backstory. No. Mm-hmm. There's there's always going to be something dynamic. Page one, first page, as soon as you read it, you like, oh, the first page of Walking Among the Shadows is – you know, this just the main characters sitting outside his grandparents' house, and there's dead bodies inside, and he's responsible for them. Wow. And we don't know what happened. And his grandparents and his mother and his sister is inside there, and you don't know if he killed his grandparents and his mother, too. Wow. Talk about and, that first oh, shot. Wow. First impressions. <laughs> yeah. So you sitting up there like, okay, what's going on? Like, and 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 he's describing what's happening, and he's saying, "I did this for love." So now you're really like, mm-hmm. "Okay, why would he do this for love? What what is wrong with this kid?" And so mm-hmm. writing it that way makes you make the reader invested into the story, so that they can try to figure out what is going on. Mhm. Wow, it sounds like it's it's very gripping. It just 
grab you and it doesn't let you go until you've actually finished that last page from a Navi Robbins book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. We thank you for sharing yourself and your journey and and your passion with us. And uh, before you leave the chat room, now we just share your social media sites and uh, any signings that you may have coming up as well as new projects that may be releasing soon. Thank you. Absolutely. I can be reached on Facebook at Arthur Navi Robbins, N-A-V-I-R-O-B-I-N-S, Instagram, Navi Robbins. Um, Twitter is at Navio Shadows. My website is www.naviRobbins.com. I have a spy thriller upcoming it's entitled La Mexicana, which is based in Mexico City about a... Mm-hmm a genius who's got himself caught in a spy espionage situation between the United States and the biggest drug cartel in Mexico. And then I have Onyx. I have Onyx, which is going to be released uh, November 8th, Election Day. And that is about a school built for troubled inner-city teens that come under fire after a deadly confrontation between the local police departments and one of their students happened. Mm. And the local police department and the state wants to close the school, and the students dis- defend the school by force. Wow. Wow. Mm. And that's Onyx. And part three of the Walking Among the Shadows series, prayerfully in December, uh, walking on the shadow, Sarah's madness. So those are the three upcoming releases. Um, fans of the Article Eighty Eight series, I, I know they're looking for episode four, and it's coming. So don't don't give up on me just yet. But those are the three mm-hmm. major uh, books that will be coming out uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Wow, you have some awesome drops coming next. Coming in the in the coming down the pipe, and uh, we so appreciate you sharing me your time too. with us. Thank you, I appreciate yes. you uh, giving me the opportunity. It's been it's been you great listening to you and your journey. Thank you. Absolutely. So we got that yeah. next one. Just make sure you get us up, and we can have a chat about it. Yes, thank you. Just let us You're know welcome. if we want to drop something else. You have Absolutely. a great night, Aubrey. Yeah, you do too. Thank you. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. Good night. Good night. Wow, Leash. Talk about a multi talented author, graphic. He has this, he mm-hmm. just, just multi talented. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Just awesome. You guys make sure you head over to Amazon and check out his work. Support him. If you're an author, or even a publisher and you're looking for covers, make sure you look up Navi uh, for your cover design. He's very, very, very talented. We appreciate everybody for sitting in with us and streaming and listening to the show. Thank everybody for your support. We will see you guys next week. Yes, enjoy your weekend, and thanks again for joining us here on Let's Chat. Good night. Good night. This is State of Emergency. Bitches, 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 bitches. You want me to do? I'm sorry. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Corporate loving hustle. Making money hustle. Independent business.
Writing books, hustle. In, in, in the pen with your pen, 24 struggle. Hustle. 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 Hustle.